If you're an entrepreneur, you've taken big risks, created many jobs, and devoted yourself to your business. When it comes to building your succession and transition plan, who should be involved? What are the steps along the way? Welcome to Finish Big, the podcast with Mark Dorman, sponsored by Succession Plus, inspired by the book, Finish Big, How Great Entrepreneurs Exit Their Companies on Top, by the noted entrepreneurial author, Bo Burlingham. In this podcast, we share success stories along with our expertise and knowledge about what will probably be the largest financial transaction of your life. Now, on to the show. Good day, and welcome to the Finish Big Podcast. This is your host, Mark Dorman. And today I'm joined by a good friend of mine from the Northeast Ohio marketplace, Mike Swiatkowski. Let me tell you a little bit about Mike. Mike has over 20 years of experience in the food and beverage industry. Throughout his career, Mike has been successful in building strong internal leadership teams, streamlining operations, and implementing best-in-class quality control systems. Earlier in his career, he assumed a leadership role at a national snack company, Hickory Harvest Foods, and we'll talk about that, where he led strategic initiatives which resulted in consistently generating new business annually. Mike attended Ohio University, where he received a bachelor's degree in both marketing finance, and he also received his master's degree in accounting from the University of Akron. Mike and his wife, Melissa, are proud parents to four wonderful children, Evelyn, Jonathan, Ryan, and Anna. And in his free time, Mike finds fulfillment in coaching, skiing, biking, and traveling. Mike Swiatkowski, welcome to Finish Big, the podcast. Thanks, Mark, for having me on today. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. So let's get started, Mike. saw that you went to Ohio University, and then you got your master's in uh, accounting from the University of Akron, home of the Zips. But what I wanted to explore today is a number of things. One, uh, you were involved in a very successful family business, which I want to explore, called Hickory Harvest Foods. Um, So let's start there. Tell me about Hickory Harvest Foods, how it was founded, uh, what your involvement was, and kind of the disengagement story there, if you will. Absolutely. Uh, thank, again, thanks for having me on, Mark, and just for the audience. Um, yeah, it's been great to great to meet you the last few years. I find Mark is someone with some very high integrity and a very trustworthy person. And uh, as you. I was going through some of my transitions of business, it was someone I wish I knew uh, a little earlier in life that might have been helpful for me as I uh, uh, through some of my uh, business uh, endeavors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, as Mark said, I spent the career, my career in the food industry, uh, been running um, uh, some successful businesses. I was involved in uh, two startup uh, businesses, uh, done some investing in food companies, uh, bought one food company in 2006. And um, so I really, you know, really enjoy the food industry and um, um, experienced a lot of growth and success uh, in the space. Just to chime um, in there real quick, Mike, I mean, one of the things that I've found fascinating uh, that I've learned, a fascinating fact, once you and I have become pretty good friends, is just the number of food manufacturers in the Northeast Ohio market. I would have never, ever thought about it. It's quite a, uh, a quite a, an active space in Ohio, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. Uh, we are very fortunate in this uh, in this space to have a lot of companies um, in manufacturing and brands, and uh, just the, it's a great food culture um, in Northeast Ohio um, comparatively to other other big cities around. Uh, I think we're one of the one of the leading ones with number of companies as well as number of employees that work in the food industry. So mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Hickory Harvest uh, that was a family business. How did that get started? Yeah. So uh, my uh, you know my. Uh, Grandparents, uh, one of them was an immigrant uh, from Poland, and, uh, and that uh, was very entrepreneurial throughout his life. In the 60s, he got into owning a few wine and cheese shops. The other side of the family was immigrants from uh, West Virginia through the car industry, which a lot of people came up from Akron. But, but you know, it's ironic, both sides of the company uh, sold cheese. Um, they bought it from Amish country and in uh, Sugar Creek, Ohio. And, uh, you know, they sold cheese all throughout the eastern seaboard in the 60s and stuff. So just entrepreneurial from the beginning in 2007. I'm sorry, 1972 was when the company Hickory Harvest was incorporated. At that time, it was more of a distribution company focused on cheese, pizza toppings, got into some distribution to local grocery stores, and uh, was always just finding a niche of you know, ways to make money in, in the early on uh, before you know, grocery, as grocery stores were just getting founded in the area. It kind of hit a break in 2000, uh, the middle of uh, 19. 80s, a friend up in the Northeast had introduced my father to a, a nut roasting and a, a curl mix blending. And that's kind of the original origins of, of the company um, and kind of took off, you know, really from there and developed relationships with a lot of local grocery stores, got into packaging and a lot of a lot of other other things. But um, so kind of just finding that spirit and finding opportunities and, and where there was growth and you know, uh, with the local stores and they had good customers, but also got into the manufacturing aspect in the, in the mid 80s. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I mean, I go back to, you know, the great state of Ohio and I hate to continuously plug it, but it is uh, it is a wonderful place to uh, to conduct business and to raise your family. But just uh, within my own circles and uh, our own clients, we've got Cheese manufacturers, you mentioned uh, down in Coshocton County in, in South Central Ohio that have been around for 100 years. We've got a, you and I both know uh, CJ Dana Miller, which mm-hmm. is a now a third going on a fourth generation nut roaster. So these are these little companies that, and a lot of them were kind of a similar story, European settlers that kind of brought a, a skill and a craft from either whether it's Eastern Europe or Ireland, for example, or Switzerland. Uh, and settled in Ohio. So Hickory Harvest was founded by your grandfather, correct? Uh, it was uh, my father and grandfather ran it together at the, in the early stages. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then if I recall, uh, the business kind of grew when you got significantly into the, the snack food industry. Can you give us the timeline there? Yeah, so um, that was the mid '80s. Um, so when they kind of got into those, uh, got into some nut roasting, uh, uh, roasting nuts out of a French fryer, um, you know, five pounds at a time. But, you know, just they, they, uh, my father-in-law got a contract with a uh, Fleming Corp, which is a large distrib- grocery distributor in the area, um, and they, uh, you know, they outsourced some of their distribution to him to be able to service local grocery stores, you know, everywhere from bird seed, dog food, drink boxes. I remember growing up with a lot of, a lot of unique products, you know, in the warehouse, <laughs> but uh, you know, that those relationships allowed him to get into, you know, kind of that current uh, mix with the uh, uh, trail mixes and snack mixes and those type areas. 
Um, in the uh, in the nineties uh, was when the truck and travel industry really started taking off. Um, my dad really focused on uh, distributing um, products throughout the United States at that time, UPSing uh, product from the warehouse, you know, directly to, uh, all throughout the country. So at that time, there was a lot of lot of chains. Um, but you know, but over the you know twenty year period, there's you know it's been a lot of consolidation of the industry, and there's only a few really players left. But back in the day, he was in you know just about every account. Um, and as as those companies got bought, um, you know, he remained a key player within the truck and travel industry as well as the local uh, grocery store you know accounts that. Mm-hmm. There used to be many independents back in the day, uh, but you know nowadays you know there's really only a few grocery chains. And one one noteworthy thing is that Northeast Ohio, from a grocery store chain perspective, has some really good really good companies that a lot of other markets you know might take for granted that they, there isn't much that exists. But you know we have Heinen's, Bueller's, Marks, Acme, all you know twenty store, fifty store chains, which is very yep. unique in other parts of the country. So. Yeah, I mean, um, where they're dominated stability. by, say, Publix or Kroger or some of the bigger chains, yeah. right? I mean, Ohio's got the great respects down in the southeastern Ohio. But let me just uh, take you back there for a second. So, I mean, you, you hit on something that just made me smile. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, I used to pump gas in Parma, Ohio and make a few a few bucks. Not much. I mean, literally a few bucks a day. But gas was 49 cents. And all you did was sit in your car and you got gas and drove away. And my goodness, you look at some of these, you know, travel centers and pilot flying J and these things are like little miniature grocery stores. And I could just imagine your family uh, when that whole business model changed for gas stations, you were probably the folks that were stocking a lot of your nuts and snacks and fruits and stuff like that up on the shelves. Is that kind of how it went? Yeah. Very, very early on stages. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, uh, at what point did you get involved in the business, and how long did your in uh, did your mom and dad were they both involved in the business? Yeah, um, they were uh, you know, both involved. My grandpa and grandma worked together for uh, you know many years until um, they both passed, but they uh, worked in the business until they until they passed. And my mom, after my grandma passed, uh, came into the business, you know, as well to run more of the bookkeeping um, side of it. So that was probably more in the late, uh, late 1990s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then and uh, I- you went to Walsh Jesuit High School. Uh, were you working there through high school? What was uh, what was the, the timeline of your involvement? I worked there through grade school, high school and college. You know, one thing I remember that always makes me laugh is, uh, uh, you know, I was working there before I was paying taxes at a very early age. And I remember uh, <laughs> first, the first time I got my tax bill, I was I was unhappy because I was making less less money. And I went to my dad's office and I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> uh, but I was, you know, I was very young at that time. But uh, so yeah, so I did a lot. And then through college, I got some internships uh, and uh, did some other things. But, um, you know, it was a business that, you know, my cousins were came into my, uh, you know, my friends throughout college, they'd come home for the summers, and they'd, they'd come in and work. So um, yeah, good times, you know, back then. Yeah, good, good. Now, did you did your dad pass while you were younger, Mike? Is that because I know your mom ended up uh, becoming kind of the chief executive president? What, what's that story? Yeah, so I graduated from OU in 2003. Uh, I was working for a, a, a local lumber company in the accounting department. And, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, my dad had always approached me, do you want to get in the business? And I always told him no. I did something I didn't uh, think I wanted to get into and wanted to kind of you know create my own path. 
but uh, in 2004, uh, he unfortunately passed away at a young age of uh, 51. And um, two weeks later, I was I was in the business. Um, you know, I knew that uh, for the family business to survive, I needed to come in and you know stabilize the ship and um, you know and, and continue to build on you know his his legacy. So um, came in at a young age, and you had to put my big boy pants on very early in life. You know, and and, and get a seat and 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 run the company at that time. Mm -hmm. And what was your role there and who all was uh, involved in the company? I know it was you and your mom and your brother, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. We had about uh, 20 or so employees uh, at that time. My, you know, my role from the, from the beginning until the, uh, until the end, actually, let me, let me step back. When I first uh, got into the business, my, you know, at that time, my father didn't have a computer on his desk. You know, there was very, you know, we we didn't have really good costing structures. So when I came in, I had to really say, okay, how do we make money? And, and what, how do we need to price our products and doing time studies in the back? And I really understand a, sort of a lot of the accounting and the financial aspects of the business, but it was very antiquated of information that we had to work from, you know, at that point. Um, we had no customer pipeline. Uh, we had packaging that uh, didn't work correctly, um, and uh, and we only had four customers, so very heavily uh, customer concentration. Um, so those are some of the you know, some of the things that uh, had to had to jump in and, and do and really focus on. And uh, you know, took a little time the first few years to kind of get the right the right size of ship and. And, you know, and find reasons that uh, you know, other customers or companies would want to do business with us. And, there's, and we also had to figure out ways to uh, create new packaging. Um, and we had to move to a, you know, a new facility because we're very much tight constraint on the facility that we're in. So um, that's what we really had to focus on the first two years. Um, in 2006 was kind of a, a, a turning point. Um, for a few reasons. Um, one was we bought a company in, uh, in Canton, Ohio, another nut-based uh, company. And, um, you know, that added uh, $3 million of, of revenue to the business, as well as operating two different facilities at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, the other big thing that happened in 2006, um, I grew up with my wife, but in 2006, we kind of, I guess, remet and, uh, you know, kind of started dating at that time. And I realized, you know, this is some this is something that's going to be more longer term, and you know had to had to really work hard, and um, you know realize that he had to make make more money, and you know had to build the company and build more value. Um, so that's you know really when kind of had that energy to grow, and you know put in started putting in a lot of hard work into the business to make sure that it was going to be successful longer term. That's great. So I mean, when you started, how large in terms of revenue, if you don't mind sharing with our listening audience, how, how much revenue was? Hickory Harvest doing at that time? Uh, a little under 5 million. Okay. And that, did that include the acquisition or the Bolton acquisition brought it down up to eight? Uh, that was a pre-acquisition. Uh, it was uh, the Bolton uh, brought it up to eight, but at the same time, we started losing our truck and travel business. Um, so I think, you know, almost months after we closed, we lost a million or two of, of business in that, in that industry based off of customers not you know necessarily trusting um you know, they had great relationships with my dad but you know the new generation that took over there wasn't maybe that same level of trust within within us at that time so yeah. that's what uh you know lost that business so it was, it was it was a little rocky there but um after that i really really put my nose to the grindstone 
and really focused on adding a lot of new customers and, you know, and traveling throughout the country to, to find new opportunities and, uh, you know, ended up being pretty successful at it. But uh, that was kind of a turning point that we needed to, to get over um, or else, you know, we could see some, you know, some major issues within the company. Hi, this is Mark Dorman. Sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the Finish Big Podcast, and I'm excited to have you here. If in any event you have any questions, please head over to www.succession.plus backslash US and where you can find out how to reach me. I'd love to hear from you. And now back to the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've experienced that myself. And uh, for many of our listeners, I'm sure you have as well. I mean, when there is a change in leadership at one of your key customers or any customer, it can really threaten that relationship. They're going to bring in their team. They want to have their own folks, so to speak, almost like a, liken it to a sports team, right? They want to get their players, their coaches, et cetera. And, you know, for no apparent reason, you're just kind of out the door, uh, which is a shame. But so uh, one of the things that, that you've shared with me and that I'd like to explore just at a high level uh, is the business was running. You were professionally uh, you know, at enhancing it with some professional management, Mike, but then things got a little kind of went awry between maybe your brother and yourself and the family dynamics. And we've all seen these, we've all read about them and alignment and things, these words that are, you know, kind of bandied about, but unfortunately you had a front row seat for that. And uh, from a coaching perspective, what, what did you, what did you experience there? How did, how did you handle it? Can you just share that with our audience, please? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my involvement in the business um, from the beginning was more on the strategic thinking side. Um, you know, it was able to, over time as the business grew to build the management team, started an advisory board. Um, I was in the product development where we added hundreds of new products, uh, added hundreds of new customers. Um, you know, secured bank loans for some of the growth and new buildings and new machinery and involved in all the uh, sourcing of the products. Um, you know, through that time, you know, we grew about 15 percent um, per year for over a dozen years, wow. um, you know, which led to building a new facility and expansion and outsourcing warehousing and all the stuff that goes along with that. But, you know, as you pointed out, Mark, the dynamics of a, of a family business can be uh, challenging. You know, in, in going back prior generations um, in the 70s, there was infighting between, you know, the families uh, with with businesses and there was a separation at, at that time. Um, this was going was, back. This is going back generations. Generations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. uh, the, the immigrant families are stubborn families. And, oh, uh, kid. Come on, uh, Mike. It happens. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, so there was some infighting between my, my dad and his sister. So, you know, it, it's it, it, it went back a while. But, you know, dynamics of family business are very challenging. And, uh, uh, you know, and some of the things that we, um, you know, looking back, some of the things we really failed on were, um, you know, we never had group meetings to talk about the business. Um you know, I would highly suggest if you're in a family business to at least sit down once a month with everyone that's involved and you know have a conversation, have a dinner and just talk about the business. But that was just something that we we didn't have. Let me, you know, let me just kind of maybe just uh, go a little bit deeper there. I've heard many of my clients say, 
whenever we're together, all we do is talk about the family business. And then I have clients that have expressed what you just expressed, which is we never talk about business. So you were in the camp of we never talked about it. Yeah, correct. Wow. Wow. That had to be very, very difficult. Did you happen to have a, a board of advisors or anything outside third party independent people that uh, I think sometimes the, the, the greatest thing our team does and maybe perhaps a lot of, for a lot of times, I mean this in, in a very sincere way. One of the only things we might do that is different is scheduling a meeting to talk about the business amongst the family members, because if we're not there, they will not talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's just kind of like, you know, you're directing traffic. You're asking questions. What do you think? What do you think? Et cetera. That probably would have been quite helpful for you back then, huh? Oh, absolutely. I mean, open lines of communication where everyone has their their voice and their voice is heard, whether it's, you know, necessarily listened to. I mean, at least it's heard, um, which is something that, uh, you know, um, unfortunately, my mom, you know, was very reluctant to and just didn't have interest in in that side of the, the business, even though she showed up and, um, you know, most every day and, and, and you know, was somebody involved. She really was really wasn't involved you know in the business um so that just you know that did cause issues so i mean the first i would say the first eight years the business and we were it was you know we were got along pretty well um you know there was some uh always some challenges but for the most part we were pretty aligned with um you know with growth but the business really took off um and um you know that caused a lot of i guess rifts or um, you know, in my brother's case, a lot of jealousy from success I was having and, uh, you know, and he was, you know, he was, had a big ego, um, and a lot of insecurities that he has related to my success kind of caused a lot of, a lot of issues. Um, so, you know, some of those things, you know, just, and you mentioned, you know, the advisors. So I, you know, I tried everything to make it work and make it better, um, you know, including reading, you know, reading business books, bringing in business coaches, bringing in people that the family would meet with, set up an advisory board to help with decision making, mm-hmm. um, you know, brought in consultants, you know, in quality and production efficiencies and, you know, a few other key areas. It, and, and then some people I brought in the family just refused to meet with. Um, so I was doing everything that I felt I could do to find ways to make it work, but the, you know, everyone's got to participate. And when everyone doesn't participate, um, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So, no, no, um, no. it's, uh, it's, it's, and it's terribly frustrating and, and very sad. So the net result was one of you guys left the Island and, uh, and I think in this case, it, it was you, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, you were voted off the island. So uh, having gotten to know you and, uh, you know, I went through something similar I've shared with you. I think that's uh, part of our, you know, mutual respect for one another. But um, you could have the best intentions. But sometimes, you know, the mistakes that I made is, that you know, I didn't have control. uh, And we were 50-50, which is like a Mexican standoff, so to speak. And uh, the business just kind of blew up. And so you were essentially, let's say, for lack of a better word, voted off the island and you uh, cleaned out your desk and went down and, uh, and, and started over again. So what, that had to a feel awful. I'm sure it took you a long time. I know it did for me, Mike, to recover emotionally. 
because uh, you think, well, gee, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? I tried to do everything right, blah, 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 blah. Um, where did that leave you? Where was your headspace at that time? Uh, in a very, uh, very dark place for a while. Um, I mean, you get, uh, you know, you, you know, leaving the business. I mean, you know, you know it, a lot of, um, you know, very much was, you know, lost a lot of the family relationships that I have, um, lost my inheritance, lost a lot of, uh, confidence that I had yeah. and, um, and made a lot of mistakes, you know, when I left that, uh, um, you know, I wish I wish I wouldn't have done, but um, you know, looking back on it, you can you know you can always look in the mirror. But uh, you know, I I was concerned about uh, some things that I probably shouldn't have and should have just really just cut ties and left um, and not and just tried not to stay involved at all. But unfortunately, I kind of just decided let's you know maybe maybe we can still make this work and still help even though I wasn't you know working for the company, getting paid by the company, I was still still involved and. And uh, helping the you know the family because I didn't want to see the company fail as soon as I left. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, you know from the you know, from the beginning, I mean you know, from a when my dad had passed away, um, you know my mom just she didn't you know she didn't trust us, um, didn't trust us with her looking at her financials or and also had a lot of resentment or for growth and, and change throughout that that time. And um, those are a lot of the ways that, you know, it was challenging, but also, you know, is why, you know, why I left and why, you know, decided to kind of find a new, new path. But the, yeah. um, you know, without having, you know, I didn't have ownership in the business. I wasn't valued. I wasn't listened to. Um, my, 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 my brother has, has his challenges. Yeah. So, so uh, I met you, I'll call it Mike Swiatkowski 2.0 um, post Hickory Harvest, and uh, I think uh, my observation were that you were, you know, still kind of, I would say, healing, uh, but with a with an attitude of service and looking to help other business owners with your industry knowledge. And uh, you and I have worked on a couple of exit planning engagements, etc. But as we look to wrap up here, Mike, uh, one of the things I, I wanted to share, uh, your, this, this new chapter, Gordon River Partners, and you are a, uh, a partner and VP of corporate development. Tell us a little bit about Gordon River Partners. Uh, I believe the family that's involved had a very successful business exit from what I, my research indicated. Um, where does Gordon River Partners sit today and what is its mission uh, and goals? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Gordon River Partners is an investment family office um, that actively seeks uh, acquisitions and investments in smaller middle market uh, food and beverage companies and emerging uh, CPG brands. Uh, it's a family office uh, fund, uh, looks for high growth, uh, family owned uh, founder businesses. Um, and we've targeted certain verticals where our leadership team and advisory network has a uh, as a certain experience, um, you know, we have a strong team of knowledgeable executives who have run and advised many successful businesses with 60 years in the food industry. Um, yep, besides yep. my uh, uh, experience and knowledge, we have another 
um, partner from a retired executive of business development from the JM Smucker company. Um, so we have, you know, we have a you know, small team, but uh, a very strong team in, uh, in M&A and uh, financial expertise, you know, as well as uh, business development growth and, uh, and uh, ownership and uh, leader in building leadership teams. Um, our, our mission is to, uh, is to, is to work with local businesses in, in Northeast Ohio or within this, within this region and, um, you know, and set them up for, uh, uh, set them up for growth, uh, whether we need to put in new management teams within the, within the business, or if we're just supporting the founders and they're growing the businesses, we're very flexible on how we look at, uh, our, uh, opportunities and investments and how we can help companies, either on, uh, on a minority or majority position or you know, other structures of co-investing with other groups, you know, that have a passion to, to work with uh, food companies and have certain um, opportunities. We're very growth focused and, um, you know, we're ultimately looking to, you know, looking to buy, grow and, and, and resell the businesses uh, down the road. Nice. Nice. This has been great, Mike. Thank you for uh, joining me today. Our guest today has been Mike Swiatkowski. He's a, a partner and uh, vice president of, corporate development for Gordon River Partners. He also spent uh, nearly two decades in his own family business, Hickory Harvest Foods in, in Akron, Ohio. Uh, Mike, where can people find out more about Gordon River Partners? Um, being a family office, we, uh, you know, everyone, every office is different in how they, uh, you know, how they look at uh, their business. You do have a website, we, right? We do have a website. Yeah, it's gordonriverpartners.com uh, and it has our uh, smiling faces of our team on there and, and bios and uh, other stuff that we get into besides uh, in the food industry. Um, but uh, that'd be the best place to, to learn more about uh, what we do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Mike, thank you very much for uh, appearing on Finish Big, the podcast. Uh, this is exactly the type of uh, open and honest conversations we're looking to facilitate. Uh, what, what can you, what, what, what do we learn as business owners and leaders and what can we share with others in hopes that maybe uh, they can learn from our, our journey? So on behalf of our listening audience, Mike, I appreciate your time this morning. And to our listening audience, uh, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. Uh, today is, uh, is this being recorded is uh, November 21st. Have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. And here's to finishing big. Take care. Hope you enjoyed listening to Finish Big, the podcast with Mark Dorman, sponsored by Succession Plus. Don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.succession.plus US or give us a call at 330-350-5410. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Succession Plus USA. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax or legal advice. Always seek the advice of your legal or tax professionals with any questions you may have regarding your specific situation.